So if you're a guest, if you'll drop out in the foyer, uh, there are three tables back there that you can visit and you can pick up a guest packet, which will tell you a lot more about People's Church and what the Lord is doing here at People's Church. So be sure to avail yourself to that at the end of uh, the service. As I mentioned, our youth just got back from, from youth camp and next week we're going to show you. We're going to show you a highlight video of what the Lord did in their hearts. And so we're excited about that. And, and I want to just thank those of you that invested some resources, some dollars to, to ensure that some students were able to go that wouldn't have been able to go otherwise. Thank you. I know it's a great investment as teenagers were, were, were impacted with, with, by the Lord Jesus Christ at camp. Well, we're in a series called 10, The Countdown Begins. And actually next week will be our last week in this series. And we're going to begin a brand new series I'm going to be launching at the end of, of July. I'm excited about this new series, but we're going to look today at a very important subject in the Ten Commandments. My, my title today is Still a Fortune. Hey, People's Church, it's Cameron. I'm downtown, and I'm going to ask people about stealing. Let's go get some responses. Have you ever stolen anything? Have I ever stolen anything? I have when I was younger from Atwood's a rabbit call. Never. No, sir. No. Yes. A pop out of the back of a Coke truck. All kinds of things. I stole a plastic ring from a flea market when I was eight. Well, you know, I've stolen, like, pencils from school and stuff like that or erasers, but never, like, gone into a store and stolen anything like that. No. Yeah, I stole a travel book. Travel book? Yeah, from a gas station. Did you get caught? No. <laughs> Did you feel bad about it? No, I, I feel cool. Have you ever stolen anything? I trust we got that video camera back. I trust, I trust that worked out very well for us. Stealing. The Bible says commandment number 8, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 15. Clearly, these, these, these four words are, are very powerful. You shall not steal. You shall not steal. Uh, we just had this happen to us while we were away on our, on our vacation. Uh, we were... In, in Missouri one, one, one night, and we spent the night there, and we forgot to lock the car doors uh, that night, and we had several items in there. We had uh, my clothes were hanging up. I had some nice clothes, what I think were nice clothes hanging up, and also had the kids' DVD player, the portable DVD player, where, and that's probably the most important thing on the trip. You know, if you've got young kids, you know, I mean, that, that thing right there is a lifesaver. Anyway, but we got the kids' portable DVD player. And then in the back, we had a, a suitcase there, that we left in the car over in a vehicle overnight and I got up that next morning and went out to the vehicle and somebody had taken the suitcase out the back I felt very violated and they, they, they didn't take the DVD player uh, they didn't take the, the clothes they, they just took the suitcase popped open the, the back and yanked it out and closed it back and, and ran off with the suitcase and and I, I wish I could have been there when when that thief that violated us opened that suitcase and what that thief got from us was, was a whole suitcase of my preaching CDs. It was packed full of it. I, I, that, was a, that, was a, that was a dumb thief there, wasn't it? I mean, even, he wasn't even a good thief, you know. Left a portable DVD player and took all my... And I'm sure that thief really listened to all my CDs. I'm sure he would really... really but, but felt very about stealing. 
And, and I use that illustration because it just happened just a little over a week ago to Tiffany and I. And, and, and you know what? Well, that, that's what we think about stealing. When we think about stealing, we, we think about it, it, it's something that happens on the street. You know, when we think, think about stealing, we think about uh, it's those thugs. It's those hoodlums. It's the, that's who steals. It's these bunch of thugs running around stealing on the street. And, and that, that, that can be our, 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 our narrow view of, of stealing. But, but what I want you to understand today is that stealing is very common. Stealing is is very prevalent. Stealing takes place as, as we have seen in in the news in the media over the past several years. Stealing takes place from the CEO of a very powerful company all the way down to the unemployed. Stealing takes place from the White House to the church house. And so I want us to examine this issue, the eighth commandment of stealing. I want to begin this message by point number one, giving you the the the, the cause of stealing, the cause of stealing. Why do people steal? What motivates, what drives a person to take something that, that, that does not belong to them? What, what, what is the driving factor for people to steal? Let, let's look at that together. The first thing is this, coveting, coveting. Well, now, now what I, I want to do today is we're going to look at the 10th commandment today. I'm not going to spend uh, an entire week on, on the 10th commandment. We're going to tie it in together with the 8th commandment because the 10th commandment is very closely associated and connected with, with the 8th commandment. So, so I, I want to just tie it in here under the cause of stealing, coveting. Let, let's look at the 10th commandment together. Exodus 20 and verse number 17 says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant, or maidservant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, to covet means to strongly de to, to desire something that, that belongs to, to someone else. And before stealing takes place, people, first of all, covet. In other words, before the outward action of stealing occurs, there is an inward desire of coveting that has been ignited in the heart of the thief. You see, coveting, wanting things that don't belong to you, there's an inward desire. Coveting leads to stealing. And people in our world today, that we, we co covet a lot of things today in our world. People do covet other people's cars, and that's why there's car theft. There's that inward desire, and it manifests to the outward action of of stealing people, covered other people's homes, and you know I'd be a lot happier if I lived in their home. And people covered other people's bank accounts. Boy, I sure wish I made what they made and had what they had in their bank account. Co coveting, having a strong desire to have what belongs to someone else. People even covet other people's appearances. Boy, I sure wish I looked like him. I sure wish I looked like. Her people covet other people's kids. Boy, I sure wish my kids had their kids' behavior. People covet other people's spouses. Boy, I sure wish my spouse was like their spouse. I'd be a lot happier if my spouse was like such and such person. And what you have to understand about coveting is coveting leads to stealing and all other types of sins. It reminds me of a, of a story. There was a man on the beach one day, and, and he found a, a bottle on the beach, and he, he uncorked it. And out came a, a genie. And the genie said to the man, you ha can make three wishes. He says, whatever you wish for, you're going to get. But, but you have to understand this. Be very careful what, what you wish for. Because your very worst enemy will get double what you get. And so, so the man began to think about what he wanted. And he said his first response very quickly. He says, 
I want a million dollars. Boom, right before his feet was a million dollars. And he was so excited. And then the genie said, let me remind you, your very worst enemy miles away just got two million dollars. He wasn't so excited then. He's, he's kind of frustrated. He, he got his mind off his million dollars. And all he could think about is my enemy just got two million. And it bothered him. His second wish, he said, well, genie, I, I, I would like the most expensive diamond in the world. Boom, right before his feet was the most expensive diamond in the world. And he was excited. He was elated. Man, I've got this expensive diamond. And the genie said, let me remind you, your very worst enemy just got two of those diamonds. All of a sudden, his joy and excitement leaves and he is frustrated. He is aggravated that his enemy got double. I mean, even though he never had a million dollars, even though he never had an expensive diamond before, he's no longer excited about what he's got because all he can think about is my very worst enemy has double what I have. And so the man began to think about his third wish. He, he took his time and he said, oh, okay, genie, I, I've got it. I wish that you would scare me half to death. You'll get it later. I mean, some of you got to think about it. You're a little slow. But, but all I'm telling you is that coveting leads to stealing and all other types of sin. And there's a second thing that I want us to notice. The, the cause of stealing, first of all, coveting. Second of all, discontentment. Discontentment. Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5, keep your lives free from the love of money. Nothing wrong with having money. The issue is this. Don't, don't love it. Don't let it control and dominate your life. And notice the end of this verse. It says, and be content with what you have. Because God said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I, I like how Paul says it in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You want to have great gain? You want something of great value? Be godly and be content with what you have. He goes on to say, for we brought nothing into the world. Isn't that so true? And we can take nothing out of it. We struggle with verse number eight. But if we have food and clothing... We will be content with that. He says in verse 9, people who want to get rich. In other words, people who have this discontentment, that, that, that they always want more, that they're never satisfied, that they just, they just got another car and it's nice, it runs well, but they saw what their neighbor has now and now they're not satisfied with what they've got. They, they just got into the house and, and they love it. They thought, boy, this is our dream home and, and they saw what somebody else got and now they're discontent. They don't want what they have. They, they were happy at their job and they just got a raise and they're excited, got the bonus and, and they're elated about it, but they heard that somebody else is making more and now they're discontent with what they have. And he says, listen, people who want to get rich, people who are never satisfied people who are always discontent they fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction it ruins people's lives it causes people to do things they wouldn't normally do it causes people to to steal and commit all types of sin verse 10 he says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil some people eager for, for money, never satisfied, never have enough, always, always need more, ne never have contentment, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Uh, griefs. I, I want you to understand this, that the, the cause of stealing is coveting, 
Always wanting what somebody else has. And number two, discontentment. Never content with what you have. Let's switch gears and look at point number two. There's a second thing that I want to look at. We just looked at the cause of stealing. Number two, let's look at the crime of stealing. The crime of stealing. Because I know what many of you are thinking today. Woo, glad I came to church today. This is not for me. I mean, I'm not a thief. I do some things wrong, but, but I don't. I don't. Still, this message is not applicable to me. And what you have to understand is that many people steal today and they don't think anything about it. Matter of fact, nowadays in our, in our technological society, in our very advanced society, people steal today and they don't call it stealing. They justify it. They have all these gray areas. But yet stealing is a, a crime. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. It reminds me of a, of a cute little story that says a, a wife one day and one evening complained to her husband. She said, honey, the housekeeper has stolen two of our brand new towels. He replied to her, he said, well, well baby, you know, some people are just like that. Which ones did she take? The, the wife replied to her husband, well, she, she took the ones we took from the hotel last week. You see, people steal today, they just don't call it stealing. We, we, we justify, we, we've got gray areas. And what I want us to do is understand that stealing is a, a crime. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give you some examples of stealing, but yet many people don't call it stealing. The, the clerk at the store accidentally gives you back $20 of change instead of the $10 you should have got and you keep it. And some Christians would say, oh, God bless me. Thank you, Lord. What a good God. But if you're the clerk, you don't feel that way at the end of the day when you check the register and you come up short. You don't feel like you were blessed of the Lord like you just felt. You, you take supplies from work and use them at, at home. You indicate more for your charitable giving for tax purposes than what you actually contributed you have an expense account at work that, that gives you $25 per day for, for meals. You spend $3 and keep the rest for yourself. You, 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 you read personal emails and, 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 at work and, and play Internet games while you're on the clock. And you're putting in six hours of work and yet getting paid for, for eight hours. You, you take longer than the allotted time for your lunch breaks and, and other breaks you, you get at work. You, you don't work to your full potential at your job. You're always thoughtful, never work hard, but yet you're getting paid to do a job. You're getting paid for, 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 for this job, and yet you're not doing it to your fullest potential. You, you, you go to the restaurant, and, and your wife orders the buffet. You order a Coke, and then you eat off her plates. And then you say, hey, baby, when you go back up there, get some more of that chicken, chicken, fried chicken. Bring some fried chicken back. You copy copyrighted material. You don't give God back the first 10% of all he has given you. you. You purchase things on credit with no possibility or no intention of paying for them. You cheat on the test. You, you borrow something from a friend with no intention of ever giving it back. I was really guilty of this as a kid, you know, go over to another guy, kid's house and I, I'd take some toys or take something. And when I left there, all I thought about, hope they forget I got it. 
This belongs to Herbert Cooper now. It's my G.I. Joe. <laughs> Called stealing. And stealing is a, is a crime, though, though we justify it, though, though we make things into, into gray areas. God says, listen, stealing is a crime. It, it's wrong. It does not please your heavenly father. So God says, don't, don't do it. Don't take something that does not belong to you. I, I want to spend the, the balance of my time on point number three. We've quickly looked at the cause of stealing and the crime of stealing. And I want us to spend the balance of our time on the cure for stealing. The cure for stealing. Point number one is this in in your notes. You want to cure stealing, you need to work hard. Work hard. I I know some of you thought I just said a cuss word, but but I promise I didn't. Work hard. Too too many people in in our world today, they, they want something for nothing. You know, so many people want things the easy way. The, the easy route. They, they, they don't want to pay a price to, 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 to get the things that they, they desire. And so they want to cut corners. And, and that leads people to, to steal. This attitude, I want something for nothing. This attitude, I want the easy route. It, it, it leads to some very unhealthy desires and causes people to steal. And listen, as, as a Christ follower, our attitude should never be, hey, I want something for nothing. Because as a Christian, as a believer, as the people of God, the, the Scripture clearly tells us that we should be people that work and work hard. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 28, He who has been stealing, who he who has been taking supplies from, from work and using them at, at home, he who has been fudging the numbers on their tax return, he is going to the buffet and not paying and yet eating off the buffet, he who, who is copying, copyrighted material, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. And, and now he gives us the remedy, the solution. He says, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. I love what Paul says in Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 6. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle. I, I, that's very interesting to me. This is so serious to God. Being idle, not, not working a job. Staying home all day and playing video games all day and not having a a job. Listen, this is so serious business to God that that as Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, listen, guys, so serious that if there's another brother who says they're a believer and they don't work, he says, don't hang out, don't hang out with them. Don't, don't, this is serious stuff. Don't, don't associate with, with a, a brother like that. He goes on to say, and does not, does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. Understand what 
the Apostle Paul is, is saying. He said, hey guys, we showed up there in Thessalonica and, and we noticed that you had people that were not working. They were idle. They were busy bodies. They were doing nothing with their life and their and their time. And, and we showed up and we began to share the gospel with you. And we had a right for you to support us for sharing the gospel. But we saw you idle. We decided to get another job and, and we worked with our hands. We wanted to model for you that as a Christian, as a Christ follower, we should be people with a strong work ethic. So we modeled and we worked with our, our hands. He goes on to say in verse number 10, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and we urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. Tell them to quit stealing. Tell them to quit mooching off others. Listen, earn the bread they eat. Colossians chapter 3 and, and verse number 23. I, I think this is a verse that all of us should memorize. Colossians 3 and verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Notice what, what Paul says here. He says, understand this as, as, as a Christian, as a, as a Christ follower, you're not working for your boss. You're not working for the customer. You're not working for the client. You're working for the Lord. God is your boss. I know you think that, that, that Dell is your boss and, and the city of Oklahoma City is your boss and, and the government is your boss and, and the store you work at is your boss. And, and, and Paul says, no, you, know, you have to remember, as a Christ follower, God is your boss. And so but when you think about that, I'm doing that. I know your, your boss is mean and, and your work environment is nasty and you don't like your job, but don't you go there and don't give your best because you're not working for them. You're working for you're working for God. You're working to please the Lord. And friends, that changes everything about how we work and how we approach our job when we're doing it unto God. See, well, Pastor, what's the benefit? I mean, why in the world should I work hard unto the Lord? Well, Paul lets us know the benefit. In verse number 24, he says, Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Paul says, listen, you do whatever you do, do it with all your might because God's going to bless you. You're going to receive an inheritance as a reward. If you'll do it under God, you don't like the job, you don't like your boss, they're mean to you, they're nasty to you, they're cutthroat. But if you'll do it under God, the Lord will bless you. Friends, the first cure for stealing is we're called to work and to work hard. There's a second cure that I want us to notice today. Number two is this. Learn to be content. Learn to be content. We, we shared with you at the beginning on the cause of stealing that one of the causes is discontentment. And Paul addresses this subject very, very head on. And he says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 12, I, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, notice that, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Friends, can I, can I tell us that you and I, we, we really need to be people that allow the Lord Jesus Christ to make us content. 
we need to learn the secret of, of being content. I mean, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. In our culture, in our 21st century society, in our, in our West, Western society, we're driven by consumerism. More, 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 more. Bigger, 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 bigger. And we're never, never satisfied. I mean, you, you, you get the car and you see somebody and you, you got to have a bigger, you got to have a bigger this. You, you're never saying you got this new toy, but you're not happy with it. It's outdated. You got it last year, but now there's a new one out and you got it. I'm not happy with what I got. Never, never satisfied. And Paul says, hey, gang, hey, I, I realize the human tendency is just, listen, I've learned a secret. I, I've been where I had a lot. I've been well fed. And, and I've seen other people that they had better steaks than me and they ate better than me and they had nicer clothes than me and I was well fed but you know I learned to be content in that situation he said I also know this I also know what it means to, to, to not have much and to be hungry and to wonder where my next meal's coming from but you know I've learned the secret even though I saw other people prospering and they're doing better than me and they're eating well and they got nice clothes but I've learned in that situation I've learned to be content and then here's the kick, uh, catcher right here he says here's the secret I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. And we use that verse and quote it for a lot of things, and it's okay to do that. But the context of that verse is, listen, I can be content in any situation because Jesus Christ, he's my strength. He's my source. In a consumer-driven society, they'll do anything to get ahead. Steal, cut corners, step on top of people, cut throat. He says, listen, I've learned a secret. Through Jesus Christ, I can be content, well-fed, or hungry. God is my source, and I'm content with Him. And friends, you and I, we got to learn to be content with where we are and with what we have. There's a, a third thing that, that I want us to, to see this morning. The third cure for stealing is remember your witness. Remember your witness. Listen, church, the, the next time you get ready to steal by, by taking some of your company's supplies, the, the, the next time you get ready to go to the restaurant and, and eat off the buffet even though you didn't pay for it, the, the, the next time you get ready to copyright something, that, 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 to copy something that's copyrighted, the, the next time you go to work and, and, and everybody around you is playing the Internet games and while they're supposed to be working, and, and the next time you're, you're tempted to, to, to do that, listen, remember your witness. Remember that what you do is representing your Lord and your Savior. You see, Scripture says so, so very powerful, powerfully in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 11. Scripture says, make it your amb ambition to lead a quiet life. Tell all the Christians with big mouths to hush up. Amen. Lead a quiet life. To mind your own business and to work with your hands. Work hard. Work with your hands. Have a job just as we told you. You say, Pastor, what, what's the big deal? Why should I lead a quiet life? Why should I mind my own business? Why should I, I work with my hands? Why should I have a job? He tells us in verse number 12, so that your daily life, not just what you do on Sunday, not just coming to church and say you, 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 you did the church thing on Sunday. He says it's about your daily life. It's about, it's about Monday through Saturday so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. In other words, people outside the family of God see your life, see your diligence, see your ethics, see your character. And friends, you, you win their respect. He also says, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. 
What you do every single day, you're either pointing people towards Christ or away from Christ. He says, listen, remember your witness. I I think Paul sums it up the best in Titus chapter 2. He says it so eloquently in verse number 9 and 10. He says, teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything. In our 21st century society, that would be the employer and employee relationship. He goes on to say with this employee-employer relationship, employee-employer relationship, he says, to try to please them, not to talk back to them. In other words, in your work environment, don't cop some attitude. Don't, don't talk back. Don't make things difficult. Don't, don't be, uh, be, be somebody's pain. Listen, he says, don't do that. Verse 10, he says, and not to steal from them. Don't steal from your, your company, your, your boss. He says, but to show that they can be fully trusted. In other words, as Christ followers, we should be the most trusted people. I mean, they ought to be able to give us the company to, uh, the, the keys to the entire company. They ought to be able to trust us with the entire bank account. We ought to be the most trustworthy people in the entire corporation. He says this, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. Wow. Listen, how we live, how we talk, how we operate is either making the teaching about God attractive or unattractive. You see, one of the strategy here at People's Church is to invest and invite. I realize we can't win this city to Jesus Christ. I can't do that by myself. And so our goal is to partner with you to help you reach your friends, your family, your coworkers to Jesus Christ. And here you are at your workplace and and you invite one of your co-workers and to come maybe to a friend's day, come to church one time with you and say, come on, come to my church. God's doing awesome things. And, and your co-worker do- doesn't say it to you, but they think, why would I go to church with you? I mean, you do what I do. <laughs> you clock in late and clock out early and still get paid for full days of work. I mean, we sit around here and we talk about the balls and we tear them down. I mean, you do what I do. Why, why, why would I come to your workplace? You're stealing and fudging on numbers and, 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 and stealing from, from the company. Why would, why would I? I mean, I don't see any difference in you besides you go to church. I mean, I'm going to stay home watch football. I'm not going to church. I mean, you do what I do. What? And Paul says, hey, guys. Hey, God, remember in that work environment, remember you're going to spend 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. You're hanging out. You're rubbing shoulders with people who don't know the Lord and they're watching you. They're singing. You, you think it's no big deal. Hey, it's not a big deal.